Welcome to another episode of Left Coast Sports with John Schaefer. We're presented today by Driveway Auction at Driveway Auction. They are transforming the way individuals sell their cars. They believe the process of selling your car should be easy, intuitive, informative, and a good experience. They believe tomorrow's generation should never experience the pain of knowing you should have gotten more for your car. And they believe that both car dealers and consumers can win together. Driveway auction, when buyers compete, you win. Today we're going to speak with Jeff Grammer of the Albuquerque Journal about the start of conference play in the Mountain West. The good news is the league has played really well in the non-conference. The bad news is there have been a number of cancellations and postponements over the last couple of weeks because of COVID. So we'll discuss how hard it's going to be for the league to navigate this pandemic while also laying out some scenarios for how many teams in the Mountain West could reach the NCAA tournament. But as always, before we get started with today's episode, please give us an auto-download on your podcast platform. You'll get future episodes automatically. If you do that, Left Coast Sports is on most podcast platforms. I'm talking about Apple Podcasts, the free iHeartRadio app, YouTube, Spotify, many others. Please give us a review as well. And while you're here and listening, you can follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. That's J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R at John Schaefer. Mountain West Conference basketball fans, I think you'll enjoy this episode. Here's my conversation with Jeff Grammer. All right, so Jeff, more than half the league at some point over the last week has been on some type of pause. So what does it mean in terms of getting league games in from now until the end of the regular season? Isn't even feasible to get a majority of these games in at this point? It certainly wasn't just a few days ago. Um, if they didn't shift on on their, for some reason they were they were holding strong for the first couple of weeks on let's just try and play out our schedule and fit in postponement makeup games later when we can. If you remember a year ago, they actually built in a week at the end of the regular season between the conference tournament and regular season where they were just going to make up all the games that needed to be made up for standing purposes. They didn't do that this year, and and we we kind of understand why. Two months ago when they made the schedule. The vaccine was supposed to keep all these rosters from disruptions, right? That was the thought. The variant comes. Plenty of debate to be had about all that other kind of stuff. But when they made this schedule, they really thought that if we get our teams vaccinated, we won't have disruptions. So here we are. Um, rosters that are fully vaccinated are getting getting hit pretty bad with COVID postponements across the country. And while they haven't formally announced anything they, they certainly tipped their hand by moving the Colorado State game uh, in Viejas up to play this weekend. And uh, I, I don't know if that's the best game to play this weekend, but the point is they are now willing to move games up regardless of what the schedule was um, to make sure available teams are playing now when they can. That's the only way they're going to get games in. There's going to be some issues with some season ticket holders, stuff like that. But the point is that the league is now shifting towards play games while we can. Should we be concerned, and we still have a couple of months, but are you concerned about the ability to play a conference tournament without stoppage, you know, four days, all those games, 11 teams? Should we be concerned about that right now or not? I guess the unknown, um, anybody who knows for sure um, is, is kind of lying to you because, like I said, two months ago, nobody thought this was going to hit in mm-hmm. the middle of the basketball season. So, um, sure, there should be some concern. Absolutely, I think there should be. I, I do think, I, I know I watched a Q&A with a, a executive dean of medicine at Emory or something like that with the NCAA yesterday. And um, I, I watched his Q&A and he, he seemed optimistic that what's going on right now, based on the, the adjusted NCAA guidelines, which the Mountain West adopted, stuff like that, he really seemed optimistic that this is about a two or three week kind of window right now where um, if we get through the next few weeks, it's not that the variant's going away or anything like that. It's that how college basketball is now tackling and addressing these stoppages and these pauses, it, it can be managed and it should be okay in a couple months in terms of how they're 
proceeding. But yeah, I don't think there's any chance that uh, there wouldn't still be some concerns two months from now. Um, we don't know what those concerns are. I will also point out that there's still a belief, again, this is science for another podcast, but there's still <laughs> a belief that um, an infection right now um, is probably going to keep players in the clear, certainly not from a testing standpoint, it will, from the NCAA guidelines for 90 days. So players getting um, the virus right now or, or teams getting infections right now um, technically don't have to be tested for 90 days. That could all change at any point too. So I do think stoppages will probably stop in the next couple of weeks just because so many teams are getting getting hit with the virus right now. Let's talk some hoops and the game on Saturday between San Diego State and Colorado State. In your opinion, is it more important for one or the other team to find a way to win this game? You know, that's interesting. I, that, I think it's more important for Colorado State. I, I think they are still a little bit on – shaky ground is not the right um, – the right phrase, but they're still in sort of a prove me stage. And, and that's unfair to them. They're 11 and 0. They've done everything that's been placed in front of them. Um, they have great players. People know it's not like they just had a transfer that you're still waiting to see how he does. You know, their, their core is two guys that have been there since they started as freshmen, Isaiah Stevens and David Roddy. They're a proven commodity in just about every sense, but I would say they are still the, the commodity that needs to prove itself. San Diego state, they can look ugly. They, they can, they can not look great. They're still going to be there. We know that by now because they've done it for years. Um, they can be down two point guards and win ugly at UNLV and still cover and, and still, you know, the, the, the big takeaway from their UNLV win last week was, you know, they still won actually comfortably. You know, mm-hmm. it's still in the big picture was was still a good win on the road in the Mountain West. And, and like it wasn't pretty, but that's what San Diego State does. And that's what they've done for years. So I think San Diego State has less um, to prove. Certainly, I don't think it's as important for them, especially if they're still going to be down some players. Um, I do think it's unfortunate that that maybe they get this game moved up, um, kind of pushed into their onto their lap uh, when they did the the show. I don't know how much the show will be there without students there. That kind of stuff. The the home environment opportunity would have been great in March, late season. I think a conference championship is probably on the line. It's hard to get that same vibe in, in January. But um, I'll also say this. I watched Colorado State after their 24-day pause um, yep. against Air Force the other night. And at the under-four timeout, there was a three-pointer that was in and out for Air Force. Could have given them the lead at the under-four. Um, it ended up being a, what, a nine-point win, I think it was. But Air Force had had every chance in the final from the final media timeout in the closing minutes to knock off a very rusty Colorado State team. That doesn't just change in one game. There's still a development kind of stage. So... Colorado State's not at its, at its best, but it will be at full strength, mm-hmm. just maybe at a rusty full strength. If you took San Diego State and Colorado State out of the equation, and who knows what happens at the end of the year. They might be the top two teams. They might not. But if you took those two teams out, who would you say right now would be considered the Mountain West best team? So Because there's a connection to New Mexico, I still, still really follow Nevada quite closely, mm-hmm. and I just watched them in person this past weekend. They're not there right now, yep. but – if you look at how Nevada got hot late last year, it was really Desmond Cambridge and, and of course, Grant Sherfield Jr. Mm-hmm. Those two guys are still there and better than they were last year. Um, Warren Washington and, and Will Baker's a, a good seven-footer, but they start two seven-footers seven footers and two really good guards. That's a combination in the Mountain West at, at any college level. Two really good guards and two starting seven-footers is hard to beat. And if those guys get it going, and I kind of think they will, I think Nevada is going to be right there despite their early season struggles. 
Um, I don't think I, I wouldn't say right now if you're starting a tournament that I pick Nevada to win it. Mm-hmm. But man, I, I really like what I see with the progression of Nevada at this point. Who are you higher on in terms of what they're capable of doing this year? Utah State, Boise State, or Fresno State? Man, really good question. And again, Air Force comes into play here. I mm. w- I finally turned the corner on Fresno State. I've been pretty skeptical of them. Um, and, and then they go and I, I say Air Force, I, I'm sorry, the conference play came into play when they lost by 10 at Boise State. It's hard to ignore um, what Boise State, you know, beating them by 10 now was that at home. So I really liked Fresno State about mm-hmm. a week and a half ago. I would have told you Fresno State of those three and then Utah State right behind them. Well, of those three, Boise State's the one that has a 10 point win. Utah State lost at Air Force. And Fresno State, you know, I don't know what to make of them at this point. They still have a great player in Orlando Robinson. Yeah. But uh, that's a, those three teams, it, it's hard to tell because, um, like I said, I already tipped my hand that I think Nevada could probably rise above that group. But I put those four right now in a grouping um, on a second tier. And I still keep San Diego State in that second, you know, right below Colorado State right now. But I still think San Diego State's a notch above those other four. What about Wyoming? I mean, Wyoming's had this remarkable season, at least analytically. You know, you look at what absolutely the rankings. The, the only in the second I, tier for you, or the, or b- below. I would say so, and that I would say the only thing that Wyoming has to do at this point is keep doing what they're doing. Like they only have longevity to, to prove what they're doing because in the non-conference they proved they're a pretty good team. Um, I would I would certainly lump them in. I just misspoke when I said those three. Um, Boise State, Fresno State, Utah State, Wyoming is absolutely mm-hmm. in that group. If I'm tiering them or if I'm ranking the league right now, it'd be Colorado State one. I'd still go San Diego State two. And then there's a, a drop off. Well, I think Nevada will get to three. I'd probably put Wyoming at three right now. Um, I do think Nevada is the team most capable of making a run late. But Wyoming's done everything to this point to earn being considered right there at number three. You cover Lobo's reason real quick. I'll, I'll tell yeah. you in the off season, Dave Pilipovich, the, the former air force coach who was an assistant at UNM last year, I was talking to him about the time of NBA summer league and he had gone to some practices in the off season in the spring and in the summer. And uh, he went to Wyoming's practice and he and I talked about something related to summer league for a story. And uh, he, he was telling me, you know, I just went to this Wyoming practice and, people are going to be shocked at how good Graham E.K. is. They're, they're center, they're big yep. man. And for people who don't know yet, Graham E.K. is, if, if you look at his numbers this year, I mean, the guy's making what could end up being, I don't know if it end up if it will be. I was probably higher on him than I should have been early. But um, I think he, he'll make a run for a first, probably second team kind of all-conference type of season. But he's having that kind of season. And they have Hunter Maldonado, who's a great, Mountain West player and has been for several years now. So I think Wyoming has the pieces too to, to kind of sustain what they're doing to a certain extent, but I don't think they will be a, a title contender this year. Yeah. And for those that were watching Mountain West basketball late last year, when EK got active for Wyoming, he was a difference maker for them Absolutely. in the second half of the season, not necessarily wins and losses, but he was a load for teams to deal with. Um, you cover obviously the university of New Mexico. There's a number of first year coaches in this league. What do you think of the job that Richard Pitino has done so far? And what is the task ahead for rebuilding the Lobos? So I can tell you some, some Lobo fans, and, and this is just fandom mm-hmm. um, are a little frustrated that they're not really better than they are right now. They, they hear names like Jalen house and Jamal Mashburn jr. Who are big schools come in. Um, I, I think they're fine right now. Um, not, he, he's not, you know, lighting it up or anything like that. Um, but they're, I wouldn't say they're behind schedule. They're, they're what they should be. What, what people need to remember is they're on a seven year 
now going on, this is the eighth season of a postseason drought. UNM Lobos haven't been to the postseason since the 2013-14 season, which was Craig Neal's first year. San Diego State fans would remember that year as the one that uh, a 12, 13-point comeback in the final minutes for San Diego State for a conference championship at home. That's the last time the, the Lobos went to the postseason. Last year, they went four Division I games, six total. They were This was a pretty big rebuild that people don't realize. They lose their two, two big men at this point. Valdir Manuel was going to be either a starter or a top big man off the bench. He's been suspended and has since transferred. Um, Jethro Muskinen, a Kansas transfer, plays 12 games, um, leaves the team. Now he, for those that don't know, um, he was in a car crash last week, actually at the Nevada-Kansas game. He went to that game in Lawrence, got in a car crash after the game. He's in a coma. It's not very, it's not looking good at all. These Lobo players are, are good friends with him, you know, some of his best friends. Um, they're, they're kind of still going through that as he's in the coma in Kansas. Um, but the, the, the basketball side of all that is the Lobos lost their big men. They have the core for the future. I think they'll be pretty good next year. They have two really good guards, and um, I think they're going to be good. They're on pace to be good next year. This year, they were picked eighth in the preseason. That's, that's probably pretty solid for where they're going to be this year. You know, you, you look at the league overall, and it feels like, by and large, it's up, right? Well, we've seen what yeah. this league's been able to accomplish in the non-conference. So a lot of Mountain West fans are always asking, how many teams can this league get into the NCAA tournament? Is it realistic to assume there will be multiple teams in the NCAA tournament? And is there a scenario where it's more than two teams in the NCAA tournament? So, so here's the tricky thing to me about the Mountain Wests this year is – First and foremost, I think the league is is actually significantly better than it was top to bottom a year ago. They had, I, I can't remember what it is right now, but I, I think a week ago the league put on their social media that they had six teams in the top 65. Yeah. I just pulled it up right now. They still do six in the top 63. But here's the problem. The, the first team last year that didn't get into the NCAA tournament had a 53 net rating. So we're looking at of those six teams in the Mountain West that are in the top 63 as of today, four of them are 50 or below. So while there's a lot of teams that are good in that, in that kind of range right now, four of them are in the bubble, possibly outside of the bubble kind of range right now, right now, net rating wise, only Wyoming and Colorado state. Do I think that'll are in the top 50? Do I think that'll hold? No, I, I don't think so. I think there will be a third team that really probably deserves to be in there. Um, I think this league will get two teams in. I, I'm pretty confident too, for sure. I think three is a good possibility, but you also need to get some quad one wins. And, and while this league has done good, I, I don't know what team I would really point out as having a great individual resume other than an undefeated Colorado State. Um, they have some enough, I think, going for it that they'll get in. But San Diego State needs to make sure they don't, you know, go 500 in league play or something like that and expect mm-hmm. to get in. And I don't think anybody going 500 in this league can expect that. But sure. You know, really good overall for the league, but a lot of teams that are, are really good NIT seeds right now or bubble NCAA tournament teams, nothing's going to be an easy watch on Selection Sunday and, and people really thinking, yeah, we're in. I think you and I agreed on this late last year when the Mountain West tried to reschedule some games in the final week between the regular season and the conference tournament that it was probably creating a scenario that could be troubling for some of the teams trying to get into the tournament. Yep. Um, you know, Boise State, um, that was troublesome for was it Colorado State as well last yeah. year? Because they had so, to go on the road and play Nevada. Twice, that's right. That, that's and right. They lost both, uh, or I don't know if it was twice or not, but, but they had two way, games. They I think. Lost. Yeah, yeah they that final lost. Week. That was uh, that was their chance. So Colorado State's an original Mountain West member. They've never won a Mountain West tournament or championship. They've won yeah. a tournament. Um, 
they're, they're the only original member that doesn't have a league title. And last year they had a chance, but they had to go on the road and, and Grant Sherfield hit a big shot late and, and beats Colorado State. That's right. But you look at this year and it doesn't seem like the games that are being lost, you know, the leagues didn't put in that buffer week to even make up games. So as we speak today, as teams have lost not just one game, but there are teams that have already lost two or three games. Are we under the assumption that none of those games will be made up? Or do you think there's a scenario where some of the games are going to be made up? And what about teams that have lost two or three home games that then have to play two or three more times on the road potentially this year than others? Yeah, and that's what I, I hope the league kind of gives some guidance on soon. The the What they're saying right now is the teams have to make every effort possible to make the games up, right? That's that's what they're saying. Um, if you're telling me um, there's a an open Tuesday night in the last week before the conference tournament for Colorado State to come back to what might be an eighth or seventh place New Mexico team um, on the road, I, I don't think the league's really going to force the hand of Colorado State to make that up. Now, UNM would love a ranked team to come to the pit, right? Obviously. But I don't think the league's really going to force their hand on that. And and that's why I, it's nice to say they're going to try and make these up. I really don't think they're going to force any team to, to do it if it's not going to help the league overall. Um, I don't think the league always makes that decision in the best interest of the league overall. This year, if they can get three teams in, they need those unit shares. It's been a while since the Mountain West has really been racking up the year-to-year unit shares that the NCAA tournament gives. If you get three or four teams in, you get a chunk, what's called a unit share. You get it every year for a six-year window. The Mountain West just needs teams in the tournament right now to, to keep getting revenue every year for all their teams. So I, I think it would be wise for the Mountain West to make the decisions not based on the fact that UNM needs a home game, but based on the league might be better off not making Colorado State go play UNM and hurt their net ranking just by even playing the game um, and risking maybe an upset on the road or something like that right before the tournament. So I don't think they'll make up all these games. Um, I think they will selectively pick which ones to even try and make up. One more for you, Jeff. I'm curious to get your thoughts on the first-year coaching jobs of both Kevin Kruger at UNLV and Tim Miles at San Jose State. I'll start with Tim Miles. Great. I mean, the bar is what it is at San Jose State. We don't need to get into that too much, but everyone who follows Mountain West basketball knows what San Jose State is. Tim Miles has, has risen that bar at least a little bit, and it's helped the whole league overall. I don't think San Jose State's going to do anything other than finish 10th or 11th in this league this year, but it's a better 10th or 11th than, than you might have thought. So Tim Miles has done good so far. Um, Kevin Kruger, to me, is a really tough – way it's a tough thing to judge right now because of this i don't like how they approached their rebuild they took in a whole lot of transfers and generated excitement because all these guys came from big 12 teams well if you compare just what richard patino at new unm did even to what he did um at unlv taking in a bunch of transfers that hadn't played a whole lot like he did at, at unlv well you just because they come from Texas and they come from Oklahoma doesn't mean they're, they're going to be that good. There might be a reason they didn't play a lot. Whereas Patino took in guys like Jalen house, who still has two, maybe three more years because of the COVID year who I think they knew could play at Arizona state. He just happened to be behind Remy Martin. Who's an all American candidate point guard. Now at Kansas, mm-hmm. you take in a guy like a Jamal Masburn jr. Who was playing for Patino at Minnesota, got some minutes, but he was playing behind Marcus Carr who's since transferred to Texas. He's also a, a uh, AP um, All-American kind of candidate point guard at Texas. Those were guys that are now set up to be at UNM for three or four years. They weren't one or two year kind of transfers. Um, I do think that Richard Patino kind of sacrificed any chance of making a big run this year by who he who he brought in. But the core of the, the Lobos 
really builds towards them being competitive next year. If you're looking big picture at UNLV right now, I don't know what would make you think they're going to be good next year. Um, Bryce Hamilton, you know, is, is still their best player. All these other transfers, some of them are good, but I, I don't see what the core is for next year for UNLV. That's my, my reluctance to, to give a really high mark for Kevin Kruger. But I also don't know. I, they, maybe mm-hmm. maybe he did do this right. Maybe they got some other guys coming in and maybe they'll be fine. But I would say the, the rebuild at UNLV and the rebuild at UNM, one was based on building towards next year. And I think UNM is on pace for that. And one was built on, I think, trying to be really good this year. And I don't think it's working out at UNLV. Jeff, always love the insight. Um, we're excited to get back to basketball. Hopefully these teams can stay on the court for the better part of the next eight or nine weeks. And we're looking forward to the conference schedule and we appreciate your time today so thank you for doing it appreciate you man let's do it again sometime again jeff grammer from the albuquerque journal and if you haven't already please subscribe and auto download future episodes on whichever podcast platform you're listening to this podcast on right now and please leave a review as well and once again you can follow me on twitter at john schaefer that's J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. For previous episodes or more information about Left Coast Sports, you can visit yourview.com. That's Y-U-R-V-I-E-W.com. And again, we want to thank our title sponsor here today, Driveway Auction. At Driveway Auction, they are transforming the way individuals sell their cars. They believe the process of selling your car should be easy, intuitive, informative, and a good experience. They believe tomorrow's generation should never experience the pain of knowing you should have gotten more for your car. And they believe that both car dealers and consumers can win together. Driveway auction, when buyers compete, you win. As always, we thank you for listening, and we'll catch up again next time right here on Left Coast Sports with John Schaefer.